welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. Last week, there was introduced a new topic of prayer. And, um, and uh, we were told about the fact that we're going to have a prayer room at the end of the, the corridor. And um, that's kind of up and running. People have already written all over the walls. And um, in the prayer room, there are three kind of areas on the wall for you to stick on um, little cards. And, um, and they're entitled, Please Pray For, What Is God Saying?, and thanks and praise. So if you've got those kind of items, things you need prayer for, things you believe God is saying to us, or you just want to give thanks and praise, we've got cards for you to write on and stick them on the wall. And um, that means that then when people are praying in the room, they've got more kind of things that they know they can pray for. So I want to encourage you, if those things come up this morning, and the topic's going to be prayer this morning, then um, just come and write on a card, and, um, and in fact, I'll get those left on the desk out there where we've done our names, and then you'll all be able to write on those. So um, this morning, um, I want to talk about family at prayer, and I don't know what you think about when you think of um, family prayer. Do you just think, Exciting? Maybe not. Maybe in your mind's eye, you see a picture which is a bit like this one. Oh, Lord, we beseech thee. You know, uh, you just think, oh, my word, family at prayer. What a boring topic. But that's the topic for this morning. And um, hopefully this is going to be a bit of an interactive session. Um, Just as we start, Chloe and Matthew are going to come and demonstrate a kind of Typical moments in our household. Okay, you'll get the relevance of that in a moment. So, um, just going to move on um, a, a picture on the screen. And actually, rather than um, being kind of boring, I think um, prayer can be really powerful. This is a picture of where somebody had parked their mini in front of the tram line. And the people on the tram are kind of sitting there waiting and uh, just waiting. And uh, the tram can't move forwards. And so after a while, they're like, we need to move the car because it's not going to move itself. So they get off the tram. They pick up the car and put it on the pavement so the tram can go past. And I think family prayer is more like that than it is sitting around a table. So I want to um, tell you a couple of stories that Jesus told. So they're both from Luke 18, and uh, the first one um, is about the persistent widow. So Jesus says this, and he told them in a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and never lose heart. So that's where Jesus starts. He says, always pray, never lose heart. Just keep going for it. Keep praying. And he said to them, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give you justice? 
those who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a bit of a complicated story, but it's just like Chloe and Matthew. If Jesus is saying, if you nag God for long enough, he hears what you're saying. It doesn't say he's going to give you every desire of your heart. He says, actually, he'll hear what you're saying. And he finishes up by saying, will, will the Son of Man, that's Jesus, will he find faith on earth? And actually, when we pray, we need to pray with faith that actually God will do some stuff. I found this useful acronym this week as I was preparing, PUSH. Pray until something happens. And, uh, and sometimes we just need to be a little bit persistent in our praying. And, and we pray a two-minute prayer. God doesn't answer, and we kind of give up. Well, you're not going to answer my prayer, so I'm not going to get a go. So I'm, I'll go away and sulk. And, and I know that's how I am in prayer. Um, Jesus goes on, and uh, he then um, tells uh, another story. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other one a tax collector. The Pharisee, so that's the guy who thinks he's really um, right on with God, standing by himself, prayed like this. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. And he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And um, so as we come to God in prayer, we don't have to come having done all the right stuff or thinking that we've done the right stuff. We just need to come to him and say, I realize I can't do this in my own strength, and actually, I need you. And what Jesus says is, when we come to him in that way and go, I need you, then actually, He'll come and he'll do stuff for us. The aim of a prayer is not to change the mind of God, but to bring our hearts into line with him. So actually, as we pray, sometimes our mind is changed and we start to see differently that actually we might want certain things. But actually, God wants different things for our lives. And actually, he changes our hearts and our minds. It said that seven prayerless days makes one week. That was a good... Yes. Um, so if you don't pray, then actually you're not going to have the strength of God. If you don't come to him, you can't expect him to be strong in all the things that you're doing. You can't expect God to intervene if you're not asking him to intervene. And so I want to encourage you this morning that actually starting to pray is the start of actually seeing God do some stuff in your life. Julian Adams said this, your expectation is God's invitation. So when we come to him and we expect him to do some stuff in our lives, then actually we'll see him do some stuff. But we have to kind of expect what God's going to do. 
I want to just read you a little bit from um, The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis, the first of uh, the Narnia series. And um, you've got Diggory, who, who's obviously the, the old professor in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe who owns the massive house. And uh, this is the story of Diggory when he's meeting Aslan and um, he's trying to kind of work out who Aslan is. So this is Diggory. He had been desperately hoping that the lion would say yes. He had been horribly afraid it might say no. But he was taken aback when it did neither. He thought of his mother and he thought of the great hopes he had and how they were all dying away. And a lump came into his throat and tears in his eyes. And he blurted out, but please, please, won't you? Can't you give me something that will cure my mother? And up until then, he'd been looking at the lion's great feet and the huge claws on them. And now in despair, he looked up at its face. And what he saw surprised him as much as anything in his whole life. For the tawny face was bent down near his own. Wonder of wonders, great shining tears compared with Diggory's own, for a moment he felt as if the lion must really be sorrier about his mother than he was. And of course, as uh, C.S. Lewis was writing that, he was writing about our reaction to God. And we come to him and we say, oh, please. We don't realize that his heart aches more for us and for our situations than we do. And uh, he wants to intervene in our lives in ways that we don't understand. Now, I don't want you all just to sit there and listen. So we're going to do some stuff now. So I want you to get into family groups. So I want you to go and find the rest of your family in this room, please. Okay, there may be some of you in this room who are here on your own. And... um, and so you haven't necessarily got somebody to join as family. If that's so, I want you to go and find the family that you know the best in this room. If you are here as a couple, um, then you may also want to go and join another couple who you know really well. I want you to get into some groups of people that you really know very well. Okay, so... We're going we're gonna to do a little bit of praying in family groups now. And um, the good thing about being in a family group is you know about what's going on in your family. You already know about each other. You don't have to necessarily tell the story because you know each other. Now, I know that's not going to be 100% true because there's a few people in the room who maybe um, haven't shared with the people they're with. But I want you to pray together about some stuff that means something to you at the moment situations you're in or things that are going on in your families that actually you'd like some prayer for and actually you'd like to see God intervene in. And I've just been telling you how God is desperate to kind of intervene in our lives, but actually we need to come to him first. So if you, um, I think Dave's got a story to tell and then we're going we're gonna to do it. Yes, uh, a story... When we look to, to move up to, uh, from Kent to Derbyshire um, nearly 18 years ago, uh, we, in preparation, we sat down our family on the bed one, one day and we said to them, well, they were quite small in those, those days, 
Um, right, what do you want for the new house? So, uh, Leslie wanted a higgledy-piggledy house. If you've been to our house, you will know it is exactly that, except that it was falling down as well. I wanted to have the house on the edge of the countryside, but on the edge of the town, which it is. So this was before we'd seen the house. Uh, the children wanted different colours to their bedrooms. The, Bryony wanted a house that was close enough to school that she could walk so that her legs would grow stronger because in, in Kent she had to be driven to school uh, because it was about five miles away. I think when we arrived at the house, all the things that they had chosen and prayed for and we'd written down were there. And there were about a dozen of those. I can't remember all of them. Leslie probably can. But there was one that was missing, which was that we didn't have uh, uh, a swing and climbing frame in the garden. And uh, after about a week of meeting mums at the school gate, somebody said, oh, I really need to get rid of this swing and this climbing frame. Does anybody want it? And we said, yeah, bring it over. So we got all of the things that, that we asked for. And uh, so that was, that was a great encouragement for us in our family prayer. Leslie's still praying for the garages, aren't you, Dan? Which we haven't got the garages. They're right next door to us, but we haven't got ownership yet. But one day, one day we'll get that as well. So we're going to pray. So just pray as, as family. Peter, do you want to? Are we praying specific things? So think of specific things that you would like to share those amongst you. Just one very short thing that you would like the rest of the group to pray for and then pray for it. Is that okay? Are you with me? Good. Go. Okay. Can I just encourage you all to stand up now? Now, doubt you've all shared different things that you're going to pray about. So as, as groups, just stand up. And I want you to declare a blessing on the people that you've been in your group, that, that, you, that they will be blessed and that God will enlarge their border and that they will be, have more influence wherever they go. So just do that right now. Just declare that. That, uh, that God will bless the people in your group. Can you do that? Go. Yes, Father. Just thank you for each family here. I pray, Lord, that you will come and enlarge our borders, Lord. You will bless us in our work, where we live, where we study. I pray, pray Lord, you will bless relationships, marriages, our finances, Lord. Father, will you come and pour out your blessing on each one of us here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I just, um, just get a sense that a lot of us feel kind of stuck when we pray and not very inspired and we don't really know what to pray for. But there is an incredible interaction between us and heaven, and it's called the Holy Spirit. And um, we don't have to stand here like lemons today. 
Um, because God wants to stir us with his themes, the things that are on his heart, his desires, the, the pictures that he sees, he wants to stir within us. And the way that happens is by the, the, the interplay between us and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with words and pictures that we don't understand. And I've spent the last three years just, just praying, just allowing the Holy Spirit to inspire my prayers and coming without an agenda, coming not knowing what it is that, that God wants to do with my life and just saying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit and catch me up with the words, the pictures, the visions, the desire, the passion that you have for planet Earth and the people who live and move and breathe on it. So I just want to encourage you while we're worshipping to um, invite the Holy Spirit to come and to paint new pictures for you of, of what God wants to do in you and through you and with us as the people of God. You know, we don't have to stand here and make something up. We are caught up in a dynamic, vital, powerful engagement with the Father, the High King of Heaven. And um, he comes and he ignites us and he sets us on fire with his themes, with his power, with his presence. So I just want to pray for us right now. God, we come to you empty. That's not a surprise to you. Lord, we come to you as earthen vessels. That's not a surprise to you either. Lord, we come to you broken. That doesn't surprise you. Father, we come with nothing much going on in our heads and our hearts. And really, that doesn't surprise you either. What does surprise you, Father, is when we are closed off to the wonder of heaven. That does surprise you. When you've invited us to take part in the dynamism of heaven here on earth. And Father, you are inviting us to come and to open our hearts and our minds and to say, what is it, Lord? Here I am. Use me. And of course we don't know what that looks like. Of course we don't know what that looks like. Because you are in heaven and we are here on earth and we're made of clay. We're like dust. But what an incredible invitation that you would catch us up and radiate your light and your presence and your power inside of us so that we would reflect who you are into our neighborhood and the cultures that we're a part of, the communities that we're a part of. Our Father, we just invite you to come now. Just invite you to come right now. And just... I just invite you to make this moment an invitation. If your brain is blank, if your heart feels empty, just lift up your hands, lift up your eyes. Just be like one of those emoji smiley faces that isn't blank, that is looking, facing God. Face God right now with your eyes open, with your heart open. And be an open to God emojicon, if you can imagine that. What does it look like? If you're an emojicon, what do you look like when you're facing God and inviting him to come?
and radiate his presence through your life with his themes, his passions, his desires for this world that we live in. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just pray right now, Lord, that you would just ignite in our hearts new visions, new prayers, new hopes, new dreams. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Susie, because that um, kind of sets me up for what I want to say, because there is a part two. No, it's fine. And uh, I'm only going to talk for about two minutes. Um, But before I do, um, Phoebe, could you come and help me? Um, now, Now, Phoebe, can you pick up the piece of wood? Okay, I just want you to put it above your head and hold it in the air for me. Go on, right up high. And I want you to just hold it there and keep it there for me. Thank you. So um, the, the good thing about... Um, yeah, keep it high. I want you to keep it nice and high, really high. Uh, just whilst I'm talking, you can stop when I finish doing what I'm doing. Is that all right? Okay, great. So, um, so the great thing about being church family together is that actually we, um, we can go through life together. And God puts us in this bigger family because our little small nuclear family can't always do all the things that we need to do. And so doing stuff together actually makes a big difference. So I just want to read you uh, a little bit from Exodus. Yeah, I'm going to read all 40 chapters. Um, So it's the 38. Okay, well, that shows, shows my biblical knowledge. Um, so it says, as long as Moses held up his staff in his hand, I didn't have a staff, so I, I grabbed a piece of wood that was lying outside of the house. Um, the Israelites had the advantage, but whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. So, we can have a stone for you, Moses. You can sit on the stone. And then they stood on either side of Moses. Who's going to stand with Phoebe? Who's going to stand with Phoebe today? They stood on either side of Moses, holding up his hands. So, his hands held steady until sunset. Yeah. As a result... Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle, which is great. And uh, the the little uh, cartoon says, come on, Moses, we want the home team to win. You know, and actually we can stand together in prayer and we can hold up each other's arms. So we're going to do another little bit of prayer in a moment. And when we do this other bit of prayer, we're going to get together in some different groups than we've been in before not our family groups, because actually it's good to pray with each other, uh, with each other, because we can speak into each other's lives. And um, the thing Susie was talking about there, actually asking the Holy Spirit to help, asking the Holy Spirit for pictures and words for scripture to share with the other person, actually helps God speak into our lives. So we're going to have a go at doing that together as the family of God. So I'm going to finish with one last biblical reference. It, it's not that long. 
So this is from 1 Timothy. It says in 1 Timothy, since prayer is at the bottom of all of this, what I most what what I want mostly is for the men to pray, not shaking angry fists at enemies, but raising holy hands to God. And he goes on, and I want the women to get in there with the men in humility before God, not primping themselves before a mirror or chasing the latest fashions but doing something beautiful for God and becoming beautiful doing it. And as we pray together, it's a beautiful thing. And so we get together as men and women of God and we pray and it's a beautiful thing. So I've got one last picture on the screen. Um, I was going to say there was a prize if you could name which TV program this picture comes from. Does, any, does anyone know? It was EastEnders. Well done, Leslie. But uh, <laughs> there was a scene in EastEnders, and this has happened in real life, where somebody's been run over, and actually people lift the bus to get them off the person who's been run over so they can be got out to safety. And actually, we can see God do the impossible when we get together and we pray. We can actually extract people from vehicles that we'd never be able to lift in our little small groups. But as we get into the big group, we can see God do some amazing things. So the prize I was going to give to that, I'm actually going to give to Phoebe. Well done. You get the 12. Okay, Dave, do you want to get everybody together? Okay. Uh, Before we we pray, just... uh, press home that point that Susie prayed and Peter has explained. Uh, years ago, I was reading that, that passage about Moses, uh, and I felt God say to me, um, when you come to pray, you, Moses' arms were, I know, why, why did he have to raise his arms up? It's a surrender. That's what God said to me. When you come to pray, you surrender your will, and you want his will to be done. So you might stand there with your... In fact, let's just do it. Put your arms up in the air as if there's a policeman behind you arresting you. Get those handcuffs on. It's a position of surrender to God. You want his will to be done, not your will. So, Lord, let us pray. So, Lord, we pray now for your will to be done. In our lives, Lord, we surrender our ideas, our cunning plans, Lord, and we want your plans, your will to be done in our lives, Lord. And as we come to pray, Lord, we surrender to your will and ask for your strategies in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, now. I don't want you to go in the groups that you were in before. Please find someone you know less well and pray with them in twos or threes, preferably twos. Twos or threes? Preferably twos. Find someone you don't know that well. Okay, now... Have you, have you done that? You've done that reasonably well. Okay. Now, I, w- I want you in small groups so that you can find out exactly what that, those people in your small group want.
Georgia, you cannot pray with Ali. <laughs> I'm being a bully now. Oh, he's poor Ali. He's, he's the one. Um, I want you to find out what those people in your, your group want to be prayed for, whether that's healing, new job, new house, whatever it is. And then pray like stink for that person. Is that okay? Can you do that? Go. Lay hands on each other. Declare God's healing. Declare freedom. Okay, let me just, uh, let me just conclude the prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for what you are doing, Lord. I pray that you will uh, put new hearts in each one of us, Lord, to come to you in prayer, Lord. Father, we, we are seeking your face, not just your hand. We seek to know what you are saying. And Lord, we want to see your kingdom come, Lord. Father, I pray that there will be a new heart in each one of us, Lord, where we may have grown a bit cold in prayer. I pray, Lord, even this morning, you have started to ignite our hearts to come to you in prayer again with passion and a love for you, Lord. So, Father, I just pray that we will all go away safely to enjoy a happy week this week, Lord. I pray where there are uh, conflicts, there will be resolution in people's lives this week in this room where people have, are seeking God for a solution for what seem to be intractable confrontations. There will be a resolution now. So, Lord, we thank you that you answer our prayers and you hear our words, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.